Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Today we're going to share a special message with you on relentless marriage. I'm honored to have my daughter Jessica and my son-in-law, Derek, to share with us some of the challenges that they've had in their marriage, although they've only been married for about five years. Many marriages suffer their greatest challenges in their early years. So I want you to listen in as they share some very sensitive challenges that they've had that God has helped them to work through. If you're a young married couple or if you've been married for quite a while, this is a good time to listen in very closely on how to be relentless in building your marriage. Now come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. There was something that I told Jessica that I had been dealing with for a while, and that was pornography. And I told that to her before we got married. Letting her know, putting all the cards out on the table saying, Jessica, this is something that I'm dealing with now, that I'm fighting through, and I want you to know as who I, at that moment, wanted to be my future wife, and now she is. But at that moment, I wanted to tell her the whole truth and tell her everything. So told her that. We talked about getting uh, help, accountability, all of those type of things. Got married and still in marriage, and God said, you need to say something because it's still there. You would think being in marriage or being married that it would cure all, but it didn't. I'm saying this. I'm glad that it did because God showed me that the way that you thought it was going to cure, it didn't happen. You still need to trust me. And so you're going to have to do something that you didn't think you were going to have to do, which was vulnerability. So he told me I needed to say something that day. I went and talked to Jessica and I told her about it. And we also talked to my pastors and I submitted to counseling. And I sat down for a little bit. And to God be the glory, I'm free. To God be the glory, I'm free. But in that, it was just as we're saying here, it was submission. Being under God's arrangement, you need to arrange yourself in being scared of me because it's serious business. If you want your, your marriage to be relentless and to be steadfast and to be speedy and persevere through all, you, you got to be under the arrangement of me and be scared. And so in that trust, Jessica's going to come and talk about when trust is broken. So, yes, trust was broken in that situation that happened in our lives. Like Derek said, he did mention it to me before we got married, which I'm so thankful for, because at that point, I had a decision if I wanted to, you know, keep moving forward in that relationship or go somewhere else. Obviously, I kept moving forward because we're here now. <laughs> but... um even in marriage, even though he had brought this up and told me about it in the past, it still hurt to hear him coming to me and tell, telling me that he's still dealing with this because I thought it was something that um, he was over or something that wasn't a problem anymore. But to hear a few years into our marriage that he said that he was still dealing with something and that he hasn't like brought it up in these last three years of marriage, it hurt. It's, it hurt me 
But him being open and coming to me and being honest about it allowed me to deal with that hurt a lot easier. And it made it a lot easier for me to be able to forgive him and walk through the healing and um, forgiveness with him. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. In that situation, he came to me, and I, I wouldn't say I was shocked, because I know that things can come back up again. But I was just very thankful and grateful that he obeyed the Lord and what the Lord had told him and spoke to him, that he came and he talked to me. And I was like, okay. So let's see how we can work through this together. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like attacking him or like beating him up about something like this or like, why did you not tell me? And this still been going on for all these years. I was pretty quiet in that moment, I think, because I just wanted to make sure that what I spoke was what God wanted me to speak. And I didn't want to speak out of anger or out of hatred or, you know, just out of my emotions. So I really wanted to make sure that I was speaking exactly what God wanted me to speak in that moment. I had to allow Derek the opportunity to regain my trust. I had to give him that opportunity to do that by showing me what his, um, his actions and his motives and making sure that I did not give up on him. So like he said, um, there's some things that we had to do because of his situation. Um, we, he ended up going to counseling and I didn't go to counseling with him, <laughs> but um, through counseling, we did have to go to a different church because it was through a different church. I went to church right with him. I was like, I'm not going to let you go by yourself. So I went along with him and stood beside him and let him know that I was there through this situation, that we were going to get through this together. It wasn't just, you know, him by himself, but this is something that we are going through together and making sure that we were relentless in this situation. And then there are some things that we had to put in place. If you want to be honest, we put an app on his phone to make sure that, you know, whatever he's looking at comes straight to my phone. I get notifications every morning, and I can go look and be like, oh, you were looking at fishing stuff today, <laughs> or you were looking at hunting, or whatever he's looking at. It comes to my phone now, and not only does it come to my phone, it goes to his dad's phone, which is also our pastor as well. So we had to add some things into place to make sure that, you know, this doesn't happen again. Like he said, he's free. He's been walking through this and his freedom for over a year now. So praise the Lord. But we still have these things in place, even, even though it has been a year or a year and a half in freedom. We still have these things in place because we know that the enemy does like to come in and trip us up in different situations. So we still have that in place. We're open and honest about this. At first, to be honest, I was like a little scared. Like, what do I say? Like, do I mention anything? Do I ask him like how he's doing? But now I'm like, okay, so how are you? Like, have you, have you watched anything? Have you looked at anything? I asked him yesterday, so how's it going? So you got to be open and honest. Like, you can't be scared. Like I said, that's your spouse. You're working toward it together. So trust can be built, and it can be rebuilt, but it does take time. It's something that did not happen for me overnight. It wasn't like, oh, yes, I trust you again. No, but it takes time. But it can happen. And with God, all things are possible. So we're going to move into our second point. 
And our third point, they're not as long as the first one, so bear with this. But our second thing in relentless marriage is unity. Unity is a state of being united and joined as a whole. So the very first marriage, as Derek mentioned in Genesis chapter 2, gives us that picture of unity. So we have Christ, and then we had Adam and Eve, and they joined together in perfect unity. I'm going to quickly read in Genesis 2, verse 21. It said, So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Verse 23, the man said, Now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Verse 24, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they became one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they both felt no shame. No shame in marriage with that. (laughs) But God's nature is unity for us to be unified as in one, just like the Trinity, the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. So you have your spouse, you, your spouse, and you got the Holy Spirit in there bringing things together. So it's really important that you're working together in unity. Like I said, we are on the same team, and we are moving together with the same purpose and the same vision. I like what Tony Evans says, and it comes from this fabulous book that Derek and I did a book study together about, which is Tony Evans' Kingdom Marriage. But in this book, he says, unity is not uniformity, but uniqueness moving towards a common goal. So that doesn't mean that you have to be exactly the same as your spouse, because we're not the same. Well, obviously, he's a man. I'm a woman. And then we have different interests, like he likes hunting and fishing, And I just like Netflix and chill, you know, and eating. Those are the kind of things I like. He doesn't really care about eating. I like eating good food, and that's okay. So you have your differences that you have. You have to respect each other's differences. But then you come together and move towards your common goal. But what we don't want to do is morph into sameness. And that's something that I had to recognize and realize early on in marriage, to not morph into who Derek is, and I still have to be my individual person and who God has called me to be as a woman and who has God called Jessica to be. So that's something that I had to learn. I had to learn, like, you know, girl, go do your own thing. You got to have things that you like by yourself, too, not just what he likes. So you don't have to be the exact same as your spouse. It's important to have different likes, different interests, but making sure that you just move together in the same place. So we're going to share some examples of how we do oneness and we exercise oneness in our family. Real quick, I'll just read the importance of this unity. Genesis chapter 11 says, verse 1 says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Verse number 6 says, The Lord said, If as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. This is God talking. Unity is very important. Being together, being of the same mind. 
Even God said about this, and if you know the history of the Tower of Babel, of the, the world coming together, they were basically going to create a tower to be up against God, create a city where they all come together, establish their own name to be against God. And God came down and said that they, what they're doing can't be stopped. And it wasn't even something for him. It was something against him. But because they were all on the same page, it said that they cannot be stopped. It said, God said, it will be uh, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. There's some very important nuggets in there. Nothing they plan to do will be impossible. So what did he say? He said in verse 7, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And we're talking about a relentless marriage, a marriage that is staying steady maintaining speed, maintaining intensity, but it came with that connotation of we have to persevere through the trials. And we can see here where the enemy, he wants us to be on different pages. Now we see this is God saying he's going to confuse the language so they, won't, so they can't get their plan not done. And that's what God did. That's where all of our languages come from was God confused their language so they wouldn't build this tower against him. But even God said, if I mess up, and this is God, what God did, I mess up their communication, their plan goes away. It's very important in a marriage for us to be on the same page. So what we do in our marriage, we have a family vision where we say we want to become a family that is free to do the will of God. That is our, our statement that we say, and that freedom is in spiritual, relational, financial, physical freedom. We want to be free in all areas of our lives. We do our finances together. So our uh, budget and our bank accounts and everything we got is together. We are one, so we have to be one. I should know what she's spending and she should know what I'm spending. Because like it says, where your treasure is, and some of you may know that scripture, where your treasure is, is where your heart is. Where you put your money is where your heart is. So if you putting your money over here, that's letting me know your heart over here. While I'm putting my money over here, my heart in some totally different direction. We should know where our hearts are, where we spend our money. So we put our finances together and we also pray together. We have a day once a week on Wednesdays that we come together, we pray together, but we also talk to each other about what's going on in our lives. How are you feeling this week? What are your goals? Are your goals shifting? As we get older, we're this year, we'll be both 30. And as we're getting older and we uh, don't have any little ones, as you all see, we don't have any little ones running around. How, how is that? How are you feeling? How am I feeling? We discuss those things so that we can be together and be in unity on those items. And our last point is vision. Habakkuk 2.2, 2, and some of you may know it, write the vision, right? And make it plain. We have to have a vision for our, for our families. If we look at the Godhead and look at what God has done, even from the foundation of the world, he's always looked toward the future. Everything that he said in the Old Testament is talking about the Messiah coming. In the Godhead, we see that there was a plan for the future. 
Vision is um, something you see mentally. So it's something that's in your mind. That's what vision is that you want to come about in the natural. In your family, there are some things that, and, and dreams that you want to go towards, some goals that you should set, as we said, in unity, so that we can be on the same mind, going the same direction. But there are some goals, things you want to accomplish. Your family legacy, what will it be? We're only going on six years and we're already thinking about, even with no kids, we're already thinking about, as, as it says in Ecclesiastes 7 and 1, it says, a good name is better than fine perfume and the day of death better than the day of birth. It's talking about a good name. If we look at the good name comes first in the first piece of the scripture. And then it says, and the day of death is better in the second piece. This was very interesting to me. It says in the first piece, a good name is better. And then in the last piece, it says, and the day of death is better. So what is that speaking to us? It's saying, and when I saw this, what it said to me was, when I die, that's when my name will be spoke of. Whatever my legacy is or whatever I have left on the earth, it will come out when I die. And the, and the last piece of it, it says, better than fine perfume in the first piece. And it says, better than the day of birth. When people are born, when children are born, you just, it's like perfume. It's just beautiful. There's no name. They, they're not leaving any legacy or anything like that. You don't know if they're good or bad yet. But it says a good name is better. And it says, and the day of death is better. So we're thinking about when we die, what will people say about us? What will people say about this Davis family? We're the Davis Jr. I'm a junior. So the Davis Jr. family. What will be our legacy? And that's a part of our vision, something we're seeing mentally, something that we want to establish in the earth. Because the only thing that's valuable if you, if you know, because this, all this earth is going to be gone away. So all this is going to be gone away. So the only thing that's really valuable are the souls that's in these seats. That's the only thing that's going to be eternal. Or the souls in these seats. So in our vision, we're trying to see how can we impact all these souls that God has placed on the earth. Because then you're having an eternal impact. And did you want to add something else on vision? Um, we have some different areas of vision that we have in our marriage. Oh, yes. You can stand right there. Okay. <laughs> um, we have some different areas of freedom. We have spiritual and relational freedom. We have like this whole list that yes. I call the family bylaws. <laughs> but it's good for us so we can go over it and just check ourselves and remind ourselves like, hey, are we in line with the vision that we have created for our family, which is inspired by God. It all comes from the word of God. Yes. And um, we have fellowship with our spouse, fellowship with God, fellowship with our future children and with others, and then um, even physical freedom, body consumption, watching what we put in our bodies. Exercise. <laughs> Exercising, all those different things. So we just use this as a guideline and 
just to go over and say, like, are we following the vision that God has planned for us in our lives? So if you do not have a vision for your family or if you're single and you don't have a vision for yourself, I encourage you to write it down. Seek God and ask him, what is it exactly that he wants you to be doing for your family or for your life? And write it down, make it plain. So you can go back over it and see it. Because once you see it, that's when you start living it out. I encourage you to put it on paper. And one last thing um, that the Lord has been speaking to me about is comparison. And comparing yourself to other people or other couples that you see or other marriages It's important that you hear from God clearly what God wants for you in your life and your marriage and not compare yourself to other people that you see or other people that are around you. Yes, you can glean from what other people have or like even like your parents relationship, but it's important that you really seek out what the Lord has for you in your life and not compare yourself to others because we can get so entrapped in comparing ourselves and seeing what people are doing out there in the world, and then that blocks the vision that God has for us. So it's important for us to really know who God um, has called you to be. So with that, all of our points wrap up in relentless marriage. We have trust, unity, and vision. Trust, unity, and vision. And, And as we talked about this, this is, as it says, it's not easing up. Not slackening, maintaining speed and intensity in your marriage. Be purposeful in your marriage. You're a unit that has been instituted by God. And you are to represent him and the Godhead and you're representing him and his kingdom. And all of this is is good information. All of this is wonderful information. But if you don't know Jesus, how can you implement these because in order to implement these you need the holy ghost you need the holy spirit living on the inside of you living within your marriage so we want to plead with you today as it says in in ecclesiastes 7 and 1 a good name is better than fine perfume and the day of death better than the day of birth all of us are going to die one day so we all will die but where will we go if you died today, where would you go? We've heard of two, we heard of two situations, I believe, in the last week or so, where there was a, a, a woman and her kids who were in an accident from a drunk driver, and they all died. So if you haven't accepted Christ today, make this be that day. Make this be that day where you are persuaded that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. And that no man can get to the Father but by Him. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast as we've listened to Jessica and Derek Davis, a young couple, talking about some of the early challenges that they've had in their marriage. They haven't been married too long, but it doesn't take long to find out that you're going to have challenges when you are in holy matrimony with one another. The good news is that God helps us to build our marriages and to be relentless in growing together when we depend upon Him to help us out of every trouble that we may find ourselves in. 
If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear this message in its entirety as well as previous messages that you've heard on this station. The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And if you would like for us to stand with you, maybe you're going through some difficulties in your marriage, just let us know. You can call us right now at 281-964-1393 and leave a prayer request and we will pray for you and your family. I also want to invite you to come and be our guest. We're meeting in person every Sunday morning at the Light of the World We're in the North Houston Humble area, and it would be such a joy to have you come and be our guest. We're doing our safety and health protocols with social distancing and mask wearing. We're also worshiping and hearing the Word of God that will change our life and enrich our lives. Join us in person or join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.